It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We made this. Welcome to Make It So, the Star Trek Picard podcast here on the We Made This Podcast Network. And thank you for joining us for the finale of the TV show, Star Trek Picard. It's all over. It is all over. It's not over for the podcast. We have exciting things to say next week. But for now, we're going to talk about the finale. My name is Kurt North, and joining me, as always... Well, for the last two episodes at least, is Mr. Luke Winch. Hello, Luke. Hello. This is the end, my friend. This is the end, my friend. This is it. How are you? I am I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. It's uh it's been a very um uh high pressure, high stress week at work. So I am uh I am uh pleased that this is a nice welcome distraction to talk about Star Trek for a bit. I'm I'm not quite sure I'll follow because I'm eating a hot dog right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm insane. I've just been installing a till system with my team, and so I'm literally an agent of chaos right now. So we had this scheduled podcast for now. I've literally just landed. I've I've had hot dogs delivered by my other half, my better half, who's uh, been amazing to me. Um, I've also decided that I was going to change my internet setting internet today. So God knows if it's working or not. I know half my <laughs> half the lights in my building aren't working anymore because they're all hive mind they're all borg minded um so i'm definitely feeling more law than borg put it that way (laughs) so um so yeah and uh we're here to talk about the last generation star trek picard the last generation um written by terry metalis and directed by terry metalis and uh, continuing on from our last week so let's dive straight into this because obviously a lot of people have been waiting for a long time to see this and to see what happens, and uh, especially with the whole Star Trek legacy thing, which I'm sure we'll talk about as we talk about this episode. So, after watching this episode, Luke, how did you feel? What were you? What was what, what what was your unbridled emotion once it finished, irrespective of of the season finishing, irrespective of the episode? How did you feel? I had fun in this episode. I thought it was a really good rip roaring hour of television. Um, my my immediate thought was this is the best finale that Picard has had by far, and actually one of my favourite finales of modern Trek. I think I wouldn't say the best, but I'd say my favourite 
finale of, of modern trek i think aside from a few little niggles that i've got and and i'm probably sure you've got as well i think overall i am quite happy with this ending actually um i i had a really good time i thought it um it honored star trek the next generation really well i thought I, I thought it had some great little kind of um bow ties tied off for a lot of the character arcs um and yeah it was just it was just a really good fun hour of star trek for me i came out of this episode a little bit indifferent and i need to explain the reasons why this is not me saying anything about the episode itself i think it's the culmination of one i watched all eight and a half episodes before watching episode 10 (laughs) um so i was a bit tired um and two on occasion, when I watch either TV shows or I've come out of a cinema before, and sometimes I feel indifferent, and that is because I'm failing to pass it yet. So mm. I came out of this episode, and I think I can loose, uh, relate this to episode seven. Dominion, I came out heart racing, propulsive episode, brilliant. Oh my God, excellent. Mm. And as times waned, and I watched episode seven on my rewatch, then that kind of simmered down. It was like, actually, you know, it's not the best episode of television. It, the, like we said last week, the first five episodes are the, the strongest part, and mm. I found that myself re-watching it. And looking back on Seven, I was like, I still thoroughly enjoy it, absolutely no problems. But it has, and I think I even felt this not long after watching it, that the the proportionness of it works, still works for me, but it's obviously you, you're not seeing it for the first time, you're not feeling that... <laughs> Is Tuvok, Tuvok, is he such and such? There wasn't that Mm. grippingness of it. With this thing, I think because Star Trek Next Generation and Picard are so close to my heart and, you know, we've been really strong advocates for Picard, we've been critical when we want to be, you know, and when Mm. we need to be and when we feel about it, but that doesn't stop my enjoyment of this TV show. And it's my favourite season of New Trek without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. Um, So coming back to my indifference is that I think this one's going to take time for me to, to settle down. I think this is going mm. to be one that's kind of like, right, I need to watch this properly uh, and take it all in. I think already, um, bear in mind, we've watched this for, I think it was um, when we watched this, well, I, when I, well, we both watched it the same night. It's been two days since then, and I haven't had time to properly rewatch it. So mm. that, again, is another thing that I've only really watched it one and a half-ish times. Things are percolating in my brain, and I hope this ep- this talk will help actually help me develop that conversation i give you an idea of where i feel with that indifference and not let's say it's probably the wrong term is um inception inception christopher nolan's movie i came out of that movie thinking i'm not sure what to think about that it ended up being my favorite film of all time so Mm. that's where i'm at that's where i'm talking about so um so yeah so i think there's some really interesting moments uh, over the last couple of days i've been thinking of stuff and we'll talk about the bog and all that kind of thing i think there's been some really interesting uh, ways in which that was portrayed and um i had a thoroughly good time with it i i, I can say that I, that is definitely something i came out thinking okay i'm okay there i was emotional on bits i wasn't expecting to be emotional on and not emotional mm. on bits i was expecting to be emotional emotional <laughs> on yeah so uh so that so that in itself is interesting so yeah brilliant you know um that's the end of the podcast thank you goodbye uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so that, that's how I feel. I think um, it's going to... Um, obviously, I've done a, almost a full rewatch, and I definitely will be watching episode 10 again. So let's talk about the actual episode in depth. I just want to first off say, on a positive note, has Mr. Worf put a single foot wrong in this entire show? 
No, he hasn't. He's been the, he's been the MVP of season three. He's just, I mean, he has some laugh out loud moments in this episode, which are just pure gold. Uh, yeah, he's he's just been brilliant. And I was when I talked to Tony in episode eight, I think the reason why Worf has worked so well is because they've used him sparingly. Yes, they haven't had him all the time, and he just you know, and when he's there in a scene and he has that one liner, it just it hits. Never, it never misses. It hits every single time. Um, yeah, he's been wonderful this season. Absolutely wonderful. I think you're right there, and I completely agree. I think if you've got like a wharf show, it would be entertaining, but there would be peaks and troughs. Mm. I think this utilization of him, even to the point of the end with Rafi, I thought for me personally, that scene, and I know we've talked off air about that, that's probably the weakest of the end part of the scene. But at the same time, I do think it's a really interesting. Uh, development and I think especially given again going back to the fact that I rewatched this recently the Rafi stuff is quite fresh in my mind when I'm watching this so it yeah. was actually had a bit more of an effect than it might have done if I had not watched the, the 10 episodes he's been the humour vehicle for the entire show but him leaking that information to help Rafi and then become really good friends I thought was a yeah. really poignant moment and I think that worked really really well um how did you feel about the the Ruffy and when we've seen it then at the end there? I think the first time round, I thought it felt a bit uh, shoehorned in because Ruffy's not been in the season that much at all, apart from the like the first, you know, the opening three episodes maybe. I felt it was a bit tagged on, but actually, I I, I approached it with more open arms the second time round watching it. Yeah, and it it hit me it hit me a bit better I think this time round, and it's nice. It's really nice that we you know a we get a good tie off of their narrative strand that they've had together because you know a, apart from the last few episodes they've been on their their own mission their own kind of separate adventure and I I, I really appreciated that, um, and then and then secondly we get the the tie-off of the fact that she's not been able to see her son and now she's going to get to see her son and see her granddaughter and that that kind of ties off that strand. So even though she's not been in it much, I really like the fact that all her storylines got, got kind of tied off and and um, emotionally closed off. So yeah. I'm, I'm really happy about that. The, the Ruffy tie-up is, is good because we've had that over the, the three seasons. You know, we've had this kind of uh, thing and, and, and earlier in the season... When he's when she has to make that decision on whether to speak to Gabe or to actually, you know, do the Starfleet thing, and uh, and and actually to have all those secret accommodations leaked by Worf, I think is, is was just a wonderful moment. We can't not talk about Worf on Enterprise D in Troy's seat, which <laughs> was absolute. I mean, the whole thing was great, but just. Me, me and my partner just absolutely howled with laughter when that happened. It was just like, oh, that is so good. That yeah. is so good. Uh, you know, just just nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. I mean, the poor chap, you know, he's had some... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brutal sword fights. He's been shot twice. So, and he's still standing. And, he, you know, he just kind of gets on a bridge, slumps down the chair and, and instantly... Instantly asleep. I loved it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and talking about being shot down, <laughs> he's got, he had a phaser inside that weapon. And yeah. it's like, well, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> swords, uh, are, swords are fun. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and obviously the, um, the, you know, previously, I seem to be going backwards here for some reason. But um, yeah. ser- seriously, the... Um, that's the agent of chaos in me. That's the law in me today. The and just before that, when they actually have the there's a couple of well around that moment, isn't there? Where he's saying, you know, I, I thought I thought we were going to get away with this or something along those lines. Where um, when they were, they're going back for Picard and said, I, I seriously thought we were going yeah. to end up doing something. So <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, that was amazing. But yeah, I am a bit law today because my, my notes are all over the place. Yeah, and just just everything with Worf. I mean, was there any? There was probably more moments in uh, or the threesome moment, which we've talked about online yeah. quite a bit. We were hoping to have Tony Black come on at the end of this episode. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen today. Um, but of course, it isn't. No, of course it's not. Of course not. Um, it's the threesome that we want, and it's the threesome yeah. that we're not going to get. Um, but have you really heard yourself? I mean, Riker and I'd say going back to Riker, Riker and and Worf have been an amazing pairing, haven't they? They they have, and it's it, it's it's Riker's line that actually had me creasing over laughing because I laughed first at Worf going, you know, um, uh, I'll make it a threesome, but it's Riker going, "Do you hear yourself?" Yeah. That was just brilliantly delivered. It was fantastic. Yeah, those two have been great together, and they've teamed them up several times over this season, and I think it's been a, a very good choice to do that. Yeah, yeah, we've had the the you know, oh, we're going to all oh, going to die in the transporter, haven't we? And we've had yeah. the bit, the bit says, "Is the co- is the torture continuing?" When when he when trying to get saved. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, th- I think that that that's been a, a magical moment. I wanted to briefly talk about seven because it, that that in itself was 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 intriguing as well. It, it, it's not a surprise of where we were where we ended up last week that she was going to end up on the Tyson. I said yeah. I said as much tonight. It was like you know it's convenient that Rafi and Seven are both on the Titan and the mm. rest of the TNG crew are on there. Um, and then I posted out that picture that Terry Mattal has put on of them all on the bridge, and I went, "Where's Ruffy and Seven? Yeah. And then about seven hours later, a poster, a picture came up with Seven on the bridge <laughs> of the D. Which yeah. I don't know about you, but that that was like I never ever thought of seeing Seven and Ruffy, to be fair, on the bridge of the Enterprise D, and made me actually really giddy. I was like mm. really really giddy, and I think it came across on our Discord channel because I kept posting pictures of yeah. Seven on the bridge. I thought that was that was that was amazing just to see those pictures, you know, because obviously they never actually made it on the D. Mm. But um, you know, Seven has to buy uh, in this episode has to buy um, sheer situation deal with this. And what did you make to that? Because for me, she was quite gun ho. Now that's something that we're going to have to maybe look at if we do get a Star Trek Legacy. You know, depending on what we do. Mm. What did you make to to, the, to those scenes? Because she had to do that in the in the realm that she's in, um, and it will be interesting to see what happens or if it happens if a show does get renounced about this. But um, 
how she actually operated that and then obviously talking about the two vaccine in the end how did you make, how did you pass all that together sure even says in his in his message doesn't he that um you know she um, flaunts rules she doesn't go by protocol and i think that in the situation that she's in uh you know the situation that the titans in she has to do that in order to a survive and and b keep the ship going and and, and keep the crew alive and i i think she makes some very uh, decisive decisions. I really, I, but she shows her intelligence as well. You know the whole thing with line of sight and getting mm. the cloaking device running. I thought I thought it was really really good idea, and I love that kind of hit and run thing she does, where you know the uncloak, fire, 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 and then decloak again to mm. you know just before. I thought that was really really clever, and that's, and that's really Star Trek. I think yeah. that's a really Star Trek kind of um, thing. So I was, yeah, I was really happy, and I think it is a bit predictable that she was going to be captain, but it doesn't take away from the fact that the that when she's given the captaincy of of the titan uh, which then changes its name at the end but we'll call it the titan for now um <laughs> but when she is given it you know that you think that was coming because of how they led up to it but it didn't take away the emotional impact of that of of, of her getting it as well so i actually think that all the sequences with them together really well put together. But also her, you know, even even though she thinks she doesn't fit in with the Starfleet ethos, with the Starfleet protocol, you know, she is willing to fight to the end for Starfleet. You know, she just keeps going and going with the weapons. The ship's getting hit, and but she keeps going. You know, she's she wants to be the last line of defence for Earth. So no matter what her way of doing things is, her ethos and her morals are Starfleet and I think that's why in the end Shaw gives her the captaincy and, and that scene was actually for me the most emotionally resonant scene is when she's watching listening to Shaw's message and basically saying I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna propose that she be promoted to captaincy and you know her reaction is uh is 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 quite lovely. So yeah that scene was pretty was pretty good. Yeah I, I would agree. That's the that's the scene I was talking about actually so the same as you that I thought found that more emotional than than I was expecting. Maybe because I think we were prepared for, like, because, you know, we can maybe talk about this in general. We'll talk more with Picard as well. But the show was setting up Picard to, like, kind of go, it's been a pleasure working with you, blah, blah, blah. And they did that quite a lot through the first part of the episode of, like, Mm. you know, last time on the bridge, last time on the board cube, he's going to go. We're not going to see him anymore. Totally ramping up the idea that he's going to die. And I think that that, because of that, in some ways, that kind of a counter effect in that you're kind of preparing yourself for that to happen. You know, yeah. in some ways, you can kind of go in, right? Are we preparing to like sort of say goodbye here? I don't think it's going to happen, even though I did think it might happen. But it's like I don't know if it's going to happen. It's kind of keeping me on my tent hooks a little bit. Is it going to mm-hmm. work? Is it going to work? Is it? This? And the seventh thing comes a little bit out of left field. So yeah. it's like it's like all oh, right, okay. And I think that that's why it hit me harder, especially. Um, the only question I have, and bear in mind, I haven't seen this twice. I've only seen, as I say, a time and a half with the, uh, um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, the Shaw stuff is, it was before they set off for the writing system that mm. he actually delivered that. And it works effectively. I'm not quite sure if it would work. I need to have a look, another look at it again, whether or not yeah. it really works for Shaw's character to do it <clears> that early, but it works in the general scheme of Picard. I mean, you could say that it doesn't It doesn't line up with how his character is at that time uh, because he's a bit of an arsehole at the beginning. But, 
he could just be the way he is with her because he wants her to be the best of the best. And, you know, he maybe he thinks that he has to be an absolute arsehole to her mm. in order to uh, kind of toughen her up for a captaincy decision. And then, but in, you know, behind closed doors, she actually, you know, he actually has a lot of respect for her, even though we think he hasn't because he refuses to call her seven. He's always calling her Commander Hanson. But I think it works. I think it works in the fact, it's it's a little bit of a retconny way of doing it, but I I'm happy with that because I can I can believe that he is one way outside his quarters, and then he's kind of more himself in the privacy of his quarters, giving his captain's log. Yeah. Um. So I I, I can perfectly believe that. Fine. Yeah, I think as I say, it's something that um on rewatch might 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 work better. But the kind of the kind of idea of a boss, a horrible boss who actually treats you, who actually respects you quite well, is not necessarily a trope because it happens in real life. Yeah, you know, it because does. that does sometimes happen. So I didn't realize you thought of being that way. I said, yeah, yeah. but I'm not going to show it to you. I've so, worked for some, so yeah, it does happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so yeah, so that's worth that's worth a, a revisit for me. Uh, Tuvok. You know, unfortunately, Tim Russ spoiled it for all of us. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it's literally come from the horse's mouth, which wasn't exactly, I don't think, <laughs> planned. Uh, it's almost like Chris Carter trying to um, jump Disney by saying Ryan Coogler might be attached to the X-Files. And that shouldn't have really been said, Mr. Carter. Oh, he, he got shut down, didn't he? he? He got shut down by Disney and Fox, I think, from the sounds of it, <laughs> after, from a, following another interview that he did. And so, yes, yeah, so there is that There is that kind of like um, you know, seeing Tuvok and, and talking about it, so you know it's coming, you know the captain's coming, it, it's... I'm just thinking Star Trek Legacy, Star Trek Legacy, Star Trek Legacy, mm, Star Trek Legacy, yeah. where we're going to do, where we're going to go. And then you've got Tuvok clearly going to say, you're captain, and <laughs> Seven just completely not having it. And I'm going, right. And and all I did in that 30 seconds, 40 seconds was like, Seven, she, he's going to say that you were going to be captain. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it didn't take away from anything, but it was me going... Are we going to get to this yet? I just need to get to this bit because you can say all you want, but you know I'm giving you 20 seconds, and you know, please just say it. <laughs> yeah. So it was a bit, a bit on the nose, a little bit there. But as I say, the emotional impact actually, and and Jerry Ryan's acting was just top notch. Yeah, Tuvok basically saying, you know, resignation denies, and then Captain was was I think nicely delivered there. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, I haven't really mentioned Jerry Ryan's acting much on the podcast, and I think. Uh, I think because she's just big, she's just so it's so like ingrained as that she is seven, mm. um, and yeah, the 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 episode um, on six on Bounty when you know she shows Voyager and, and that conversation there with Jack, which is where the kind of legacy thing started really started to form for me. Mm. But then what really nailed it on the head for me for if we do get a new 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 season and uh, we need to talk about the end as well in relation to this, which we'll talk about in a second, is the cook. Is got to be the most MVP of Star Trek Legacy, <laughs> regardless of anything. The cook was amazing. I love that character. <laughs> he was great, wasn't he? <laughs> he just like turned around and goes, "Well, you know, I was I was here, and my cousin did this, and he's just like telling a story about his moving around and stuff." And and and, and she's like, "You're a pilot. You're a pilot now. Get to your <laughs> station." Brilliant. Yeah. Great scene. I love, I love the cook. Uh, he had a couple of moments. Um, you did, and, and that brings us to that seven scene, doesn't it? Because they're talking about all the people down there. Now, this is a criticism. This is something I was thinking after watching it, and and it is a bit of a criticism. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. Um, it's not the end of the world, but 
There was a lot of saying about the Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Problem. Seeing Space Talk, like I said last week, was going to be quite a thing. And I actually did think, actually, Star Trek Online was in my head with that because I've seen things like that happen in Star Trek Online where you've just got barrages of phaser fire and all kinds. And mm. I'm thinking, oh, it does look very fairly, you know, when you're in a battle on Star Trek Online, that happens quite a bit where you just seem, seem loads of phaser fire everywhere. The conversation about all oh, your families are down there, I would have liked to have seen people on Earth at some point. Yeah. I felt there was a little bit too, we're telling you there's people there and not actually... I, I would use, and this is going to be a weird example, like Star Trek Into Darkness, for example. You know, it's yeah. something like a scene like that where you can see from space that they're, they're coming at you and, you know, a bit of terror on there and stuff. I know it probably would have been quite expensive. They spent a lot mm. of money on the Bridge of the D, so I can get why. Yeah. But you could have maybe done something there, potentially. It's not a real, like, issue overall but i just i think it was probably missing that i think for me that's a problem for me as well is that there's too much of a detachment because you don't see anyone on space dock you don't see anyone on earth you just see lots of ships firing at a station and then ships flying down to earth there's no human connection to that danger Mm. and i think yeah and i think just a couple of shots even just of people and families and, and whatnot would have just, I don't know, just added to that kind of um, emotional danger rather than just seeing it from this detached ship's space dock yeah, I mean, kind I, of thing. I know if I had my time again and, and, you know, was on the right and stuff and was able to do it, and, you know, I'm, I'm not suggesting that I'm any yeah. good at it, but um, even something like someone on board's family, you know, that we maybe just see it from their perspective just for maybe a scene or two, you know, and, and yeah. just do that. You've got time, you know, this this episode was 62 minutes. You've got time to do stuff. You've got time to mm. maybe have a scene like that. And, you know, that's a, probably, that is probably an issue with, well, even as far back as the Matrix revolutions, but um, where you've just got the last act is just boom, 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 yeah. boom, because you've cleared most of it and... and you know, this does have its moments. It has the moments it needs. It needs its Picard Jack moment. It needs the mm. Borg stuff. It needs all that. But in some aspects, I would have liked going back to maybe the Vadic stuff where you could have had a Vadic as a separate episode. Yeah. Is there something that you could have instilled earlier in the season? You know, and I keep going back to that HBO format, but kind of that feel that spreads something a little bit in just little moments because then you could have had like a family on board, a space dock or something like that or you know, or something like that early, much earlier in the season and just refer back to it in what would be, what, a 30-second clip? I mean, you could have just had 
a couple of the crew members talking to their family on view screen. Yeah, yeah. And, now, you know, all it takes is to put, a, you know, a couple of actors against a green screen, yep. put, them on the, put them on the screen and just, you know, and just have this short chat and then maybe have just a, a shot of them at the end of the last episode in their home or something, just terrified that they're going to die or something like that. Do you know, you just, you just saying that has just made me think, Children of Mars, mm, that is exactly yeah. what happens there, you know, with the parents on, on Mars yeah. and we see it through the kids' eyes. Something like that would have been absolutely spot on and perfect. Yeah, it would have been, definitely. But, you know, it isn't going down that route, so that's fine. Let's talk about Star Trek Legacy very, very briefly because we will be talking about some of this in future episodes of Make It So. But we've got a thief, a pirate, a spy, a cook. Because I'm including the cook. I don't care. The cook is there. <laughs> Jack and Q. Yes. So how did you feel with that Q reveal at the mid credit scene? I'll tell everyone what I texted you immediately, which was fucking Q. <laughs> that was literally <laughs> what I texted you. Um I quite liked it, to be honest. I know a lot of people are going to go, oh, God, no, please don't carry on with Q, but I quite liked it. It doesn't mean they're going to use him, but it's just there. It's almost there as a kind of meta message to say the story's not over yet. Mm. So maybe they might not even use him. Um, you know, Sean Delancey's, what, in his late 70s now? And if we're going to get a new Star Trek series that's going to carry on, it's not going to be for another two, three, maybe four years. If they're talking about Star Trek Academy coming out in 25, Mm, you're talking end 25, beginning 26, aren't you, I think? Yeah, you are. Because we've also got the announcement about um, Section 31, the Section 31 movie rather than the actual TV show. So, yeah, yeah, I think if you're going to do anything, I think it it will be... I mean, we might all be wrong. By the time this airs, there might be an announcement because we're recording before the episode airs. So um, we never know. We might be out of date already. But um, I, I would say probably 2026, I think, mm. I think what we'll be looking at if we get one. Now, for me, my reaction to Q, when I first saw it, I was kind of like, I, I, sometimes, and like I've said in this podcast, like at the end of the end of last season, Farewell, where I was quite angry, I wasn't necessarily, I was quite, not again, not quite nonplussed. I was kind of like, oh, Q, um, what happened in season two? He died, didn't he? Meh. And then he does say about, you know, oh, it's all, uh, you know, it's all Doctor Who in it, really, because he can yeah. go any time, any part of the timeline. It doesn't really matter. So that yeah. in itself is fine because you can do a Doctor Who on that. You can just go, well, you know, that was that was the end of his life. He's already died, but this is just a different part of history because time isn't linear. So doesn't bother me in the slightest. That mm. what does concern me, and this is for a future episode, is like what you say. It might be a meta thing of like actually the trial never ends, and you know the. The things are being passed on from Picard and Q is one of them. The only concern I've got, Rafi's kind of a new character, fine. She's had a, everything resolved. So she's there, fine. Jack has had an interesting discussion and we'll talk about him shortly. Um, he's come out of, of, he's followed in his father's footsteps in that he, he was effectively a Borg and he's now going on his own little mission. He comes in as Henson, which we can talk about that now. But, uh, you know, the, the fact that they really ramp it up and, like, sort of, like, yes, he's now the Christopher Pine Kirk. And it's, like, out of the chair, Ensign. It's like, Ensign? I love that. I love that scene. He just strolls on going, right, set course to Metallus 5. Da, 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 da. And she's just, like, out. Brilliant. 
yeah, yeah, wonderful, wonderful scene. Yeah, just the way it's like ensign. It's like, oh, right, okay, he's an ensign. So that's yeah. fine. Uh, special counsel, I think, is a good, actually a good thing to do. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a Neelix in some ways. And I think that, mm. that that's not lost to me that, you know, would Seven do that because of Janeway? Because that's kind of what Janeway's done before. You know what I mean? It's that kind of feel to it that that's kind of a Janeway move. So yeah. so I did like that. That came to my head as 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 I was watching it. And the special counsel thing because he he, he rhymes off what he's done. He's kind of he's not really there in the sciences. He's there for the medic. He's got the empathy. He's mm. been around the block. He is like someone who's who's travelled quite far in his early twenties. So yeah. So there's quite a lot going on there. So so I like that aspect of it. My issue with the Q thing and seven thing really. I just hope that there is a, a kind of a push forward now. You know yeah. because. We'll talk about the Borg shortly, but they just kind of hope that they don't rely on stuff from before as much, that they do lean more towards something new. Um, and that's not taking away having things, because as I say, I'm a world builder. The mm. fact that, you know, I would love to see, say, Janeway make appearance or, you know, something happen, you know, and we have old characters appear like Ro did and like Shelby did, but maybe not as heavy reliance as Picard Season 3 has been on that nostalgic element. I don't know what you think about about that and, and what you think about legacy in general, and then we'll we'll park that for another episode. Yeah, it needs to move forward. You can't sustain a franchise by leaning backwards all the time. You've got to start leaning forwards and and adding new elements and adding new stories. Um, you know, stand on the shoulders of giants, but don't keep talking to the giant every day and you know reminiscing about about days gone by, you've got to move forward. And I, you know, I've loved this season. I've loved the kind of camaraderie that we've, that we've had with all the crew coming back together. I've liked the callbacks. I really, I've liked most of the nostalgia and, and, and stuff. I've loved the kind of, just the honouring of what the next generation was all about and ha- how that crew came together. But if they're going to do a legacy thing, they do have to move forward, even if it's got seven in it. But she's at a point now where she can move forward in her life. She's yeah. the captain of a ship. She can draw the line and 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 move on, so that's fine. But I, yeah, as as long as they, as long as they make a concerted effort to not keep looking backwards and and really make a good new trek, you know, have a ship just go off into the flipping the Delta Quadrant or something like that, and just have new adventures, find new alien species. It's it's I I just want something new now instead of this. Reliance on the past. I would like to see, as I say, I keep going back to this HBO model. I'd like to see this story kind of refined. You know, mm. so I'd like to see a ten-part season. You know, with one general story with elements in it. So thinking back to like, um, you know, was it? No, it wasn't the bounty. Was it? It's. It was in um, no win scenario, wasn't it? Where we actually had so, a Star Trek moment. We had like the birth of the of the aliens and stuff like that. Uh, there is moments to have where you've got like in episode eight with data and that those kind of um, abstract sort of stuff. Mm. So the, there's ways of doing old Trekkie within within the framework of this. Yeah. So so I think that that's that's kind of where I'm at. Like I would like to see something. Re- I'd like to see this kind of show again refined. Um, mm. You know, and I'm not forgetting Discovery. Discovery season one was very much like Picard season three, if I'm being honest. Yeah, there's it was. quite a lot to go with. It kind of loses it in the way with the mirror universe for me personally, but that's something different. But um, talking about the Discovery era and the TOS era, did you see the emergency transmission at the beginning? With, mm-hmm. uh, Prof- Certainly did. President Anton Chekhov. Yes, and 
that voice was most certainly Walter Koenig. Yes. It was indeed. Yeah. Um, now, again, I haven't rewatched it, so I didn't really at the time take any notes on it, so I wasn't sure what he said. I mean, Tony did say on our Discord, and something just to say on, on this podcast, that it seems a bit strange to have a callback to TOS in the Picard era. I always found that a bit weird. It is, but I can understand... Again, it's... I think last week I, I talked about sometimes the writer's voice comes through a bit too strongly than the characters, and, I, I, I you know... Terry Metalis is obviously a huge fan of Star Trek as a as a entity, mm. um, and I think any chance he's got of honouring, say, um, an actor like Anton or the or uh, you know a, an original TOS character, I think he'll put it in. I don't think he sees it as a problem. We see it as odd because it's nothing to do with the next generation. But but at the same time, I I. Star Trek is Star Trek, no matter which iteration it is. So yeah. I don't actually mind that kind of reference um so so i i mean i got i got quite giddy when i realized it was walter koenig i was like oh my god it's walter koenig mm. um, i suppose because i don't have i mean i don't know about you but i don't have a natural affinity to tos really for me that my mm. tos story began on undiscovered country and yes i love the rafa khan i think it's a good good movie i've seen all the other movies um but i don't have that natural affinity to it i haven't and this is when I get chucked off the podcast again. I haven't seen all of the, the original series episodes. You know, I've done pretty much all of season one, I think, now. So I, just, I do need to come and see two and three. But... I've barely watched any of yeah. TOS episodes. I've, 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 I've watched all the... I, I grew up on the films, so I know the original crew from the films yeah, rather do. than yeah. the 60s. Yeah, that's the way I feel. Mm. Um, and I, I grew up. So it's kind of part of me because again talking about Wilburn I've actually no real problems with it it didn't really it was mm. like oh that's Chekhov and I was like that's Walter Chronic. okay that's fine I was a bit okay but okay I'm not <laughs> quite sure I need to work out the age at that point or was it like he's meant to be his son or something I can't remember exactly what it was yeah what it was, like but that. part of me wanted that to be Janeway because that's a great way to bring Janeway in because yeah. you don't need her on screen we've seen her in like the other, dem- the other um, shows we weren't really as much as like they were playing around with it. It would. It was like, oh, are we going to see it? I thought we might. I thought it might be in two round with Tuvok. That's what I thought might have happened. But yeah. it would have been great to have it at this moment, personally, for me to have just her do the announcement. Uh, yeah, that would have been really nice. That would have been. Really- I wonder if it's got anything to do with the fact that she's on Prodigy. Well, yeah, that, that's why I think that just something like a short soundbite like that would have been better yeah. than actually seeing her. I think seeing her. And going back to the comic, which I know we haven't um, discussed on the podcast yet, but we will do. Um, spoiler alert: um, she's in the epilogue with with Seven. So the fact that that the, the look of the comic, and I know the comic isn't necessarily canon in some ways, um, and the look of her in Prodigy, then you would have to maybe meld the two together. And I, I'm quite happy with not seeing it on screen, but I would have maybe have liked that Chekhov bit to be more her. Yeah, no, I see where you're coming from with that one. Yeah, I did like. Just like a general feeling um, that those first scenes on the Enterprise D, there's all the kind of just the usual uh, stuff for like, you know, Riker with his leg up on the, you know, on the monitor and stuff. Just old things that they used to do, yeah. mannerisms and stuff like that. I just re- I really appreciated that in those first scenes. Yeah, my other half picked up the leg. She went, he's doing that leg thing. I, was, I, leg I, thing, I wasn't yeah. watching at the time. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily not watching. I think I might have been like, messaging you actually. Like trying to sort out, sort out the, yeah. the uh, trying get you on the get you on to see the screen. And it's not working, kind of thing. Uh, and she went, he's done that leg thing. I went, well, oh, oh yeah, he is. Um, one thing we can talk about actually is data. 
because Data's having a bit, <laughs> a bit of a weird moment, isn't he? Um, so seeing him at the end, again, I'm going back to the end again. I think that's yeah. probably because it's most vivid in my mind about the, the kind of the ending of the show. He's going to counselling and Troy's just trying to get away from him. <laughs> She's looking at holidays. She's just like, for flipping X sake, will he, will he stop? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought that was good. Didn't land as well as it could have, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, when when uh, it was like, I'm getting a sense of enjoyment. And then Data's just got this massive smile on his face while he's driving around a galaxy-sized starship through a ball cube. Um, which, what did he make to that? Because I'm not... I wouldn't say, again, it's one of those ones that I still need to pass a little bit on. I thought it was a little bit too Star Wars-y for me. I just think that an Enterprise Day, if it was the Defiant, I wouldn't have a second inkling about it. Yeah. It's, it's a big ship. That it's a seven. I think it's 768 metres from recollection. That's, if I get that right, I'll be amazed. But if it's 700 metres long and it's going through there, and I know that Data's got the, the capability of doing mm. all those things, for me, it just felt a little bit too Star Wars. How did you feel? Did you enjoy it? Did you not bother with that? Did you actually? How did you feel? About I didn't. Yeah, I, I did enjoy it, but I do agree it's very Star Warsy. Um, in fact, there's a there's a few bits in this episode that reminded me of the rise of, of Skywalker. But I did enjoy it. I mean, when you got that lovely pan out at the beginning of the episode, and you get the pan out of of the Borg cube in Jupiter's red spot. And then you've got the Enterprise. You can see the scale of the of the cube next to the ship. So I can kind of believe that the ship would would be able to kind of drive yeah, through. I suppose, yeah. These things because um, it's vast. It's absolutely vast. Yeah, and bear in mind that um, Jupiter's red spot can th- fit three and a half Earths in. Yeah, just for scale. exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 absolutely vast. So I, I can kind of believe that the ship could do that. Um, it is it is kind of goofy and a bit silly but i i i I did enjoy it i like the moment before that actually i like the geordie data moment and and data asking geordie to trust him i thought that was Mm. a that really had the weight of their relationship their you know their historical relationship behind it so i actually enjoyed that moment more than the actual chase um but yeah it it, it was fun and the other kind of star warsy bit but which is more of a feel rather than a kind of lift which is just the 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 way the queen is lit and with with the flashing and so it's very emperor palpatine kind of you know that kind of necrotic half-eaten deformed look mm. that, that he has in rise of skywalker that the the, the the way the queen is visually presented I, I reminded me of that so there's quite a bit of modern action flick type stuff in here I don't. I don't like sort of criticizing for that. To be honest with you, I think no. it's it's an it's an action piece. It's fine. It's great. Yeah, it's it looks amazing. I say it was a just a maybe a little bit too Star Warsy for, for my personal taste. Had it been and I, and I get your point. That's a good point about the size of the Borg cube uh, or the Borg ship because you know it is a massive ship. It is kind of um, severely damaged. It is kind of like mm. sort of on its way out. You do have the fact that it is data doing the actual calculations, which has been sprinkled right through um, yeah. the show. I mean, I think when um, it wasn't Alandra, was it? It was Sydney, I think, said about the, tr- the how many trillions a second that someone needs to to be able to like sort of work it out. And Geordie would take six months, she would take a year. And it was like, that's too pointed because we know there's only one person that can do so many trillion 
things a second. It's going to be data. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's, it was too specific, I think, for that. You know, it just, it's like we need, a, we, it needed to be more, I, I keep going on about this because it's just the way that it seems like pointed to go, we're going to talk about data now, 90 trillion yeah. things a second. It's like you could just say, you know, we just don't have the capability. We just don't have the processing power to do that. And then someone go, well, maybe we do. That would have been enough. Not, mm. It seems too specific. It's oddly specific. What p- grabs people's attention quite a lot in, um, say, marketing and stuff is when you are oddly specific. So if you were to say, like, uh, come and get such and such for £43.68, pence, people will go, well, why is it £43.68? Mm. Pence? And it makes you, th- makes you more, like, adhered to it. So the fact it's going 90 trillion things a second or whatever it was, it kind of, like, goes, okay, well, you're talking about data. And it's, for me, it kind of throws me out a little bit. So I would yeah. have preferred in that moment just to kind of like just let it, let it, let it flow, let it flow a little bit better. Um, I think the data stuff was okay. I think obviously we've had his scenes anyway, so again, yeah. so taking him back a little bit and doing that trust scene was good, uh, and that was great. Um, and the Troy thing was kind of reminiscent of Nemesis a little bit with the whole she could feel. Well, that was very Jedi, wasn't it? Uh, she could feel yeah, like it was very so Jedi. Like, <laughs> um, no, fair enough. You know, we know Troy, but uh, the fact that it was like kind of like uh, in Zaddy, and it's like oh, I know how to do it. It's yeah. Like, oh, it's a baby, a bit, a bit too contrived. I, I, think, was, I was, I was trying to think: is there any Star Trek te- the Next Generation episode where Troy uses her empathic ability to find somebody, as in? As, as in geographically locating them before nemesis nemesis well that's fine then if they've done it before i don't mind because well, she does it she does it from more of a compact again into the reman doesn't she because she, she like, yeah she, yeah so but she's but she's basically on that panel and it's being guided around with a hand and it's being like sort of so she can find them yeah uh, so she, so it's it, it's got form it, it's not yeah. something that hasn't happened before um i think it's just because i think it's not necessarily the problem with troy it's the problem with the way it was filmed. It was like, Troy can feel it. And then the ship comes in and zooms across the top of it. And it's like, oh, that's Star Wars. Star Wars it did is. that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it wasn't necessarily about Troy. It was more the way it was filmed. I think yeah. on that one. Beverly, surprisingly, doesn't have a lot to do. She's kind of parked. She doesn't. So. She has the moment where um, where she basically uh, does that quick fire just basically blasting all the turrets out of oh yeah yeah of the board yeah. and everyone turns around and like what the hell is that it's <laughs> just like well a lot of things have happened in the last 20 years so i quite like that moment geordie we've mentioned a couple of bits in geordie was there any more any more from geordie really not really no the, the, there, there was an odd bit an odd bit of it looked hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It felt a bit odd at the end where everyone's getting their person to kind of, you know, Raffi and Worf. You've got Tuvok and Seven. You've got uh, Jack reunited with Beverly. And of course... You've got Geordie, whose girls are on the other ship, and you just get that weird shot mm, yeah. of the four women stood there with their arms, and it's obviously on the view screen. It's just like, well, why are they just stood there doing nothing and just looking like they're posing for a photograph? It's just a very odd moment. Yeah, it is really odd. Um, it didn't hit the first time, and I did feel a little bit better on the second one, but mm. I think the first time I was going, Star Trek Legacy, Star Trek Legacy, Star Trek yeah. Legacy, that's what I felt. It felt yeah. like... And I think that's probably what they were trying to do. Talking about the Jedi stuff, and I, I hate talking about Star Wars um, because this is Star Trek. Um, mm. But um, it felt like that Passion of the Torch moment. It was almost yeah. like, okay, you know, we're going to pass that over. But then it doesn't really work because it's who was there with Sydney, Alandra? Sydney, Alandra, Raffi, and Seven. Right. Okay. So Jack wasn't there because obviously he was on he was the he was on the enterprise because he's yeah. hugging Beverly at, the, at yeah. that moment yeah so yeah so it's uh, so it's felt a bit strange that but ne- but never mind yeah so that was that was that so let's talk about the bog i find this really really fascinating i think that this for me is probably one of those moments when i watched it thinking i'm not sure how i feel about this and then i caught something on the second watch and it made me think more we mm. also talked to craig offline and he had a few comments about about the entire thing, um, which I won't go into. I'm sure if you read his re- read his review on Neil Before blog, by all means, do that. Yeah. Um, but what I found really fascinating and something that that I'm kind of pulling together in my own head, and it was a comment that was made, and it was basically the Borg ship is 36% operational. Mm-hmm. So this. As much as we talked last week, and we'll go, we won't go back over this, but the, the overuse of the Borg, the fact that we were getting this, the Borg are back, we haven't seen them for a decade, and they are dilapidated. They have zombie Borg, pretty much. Um, you've got a 36% ship. You've got a Borg queen who is a shadow of a former self, to say mm. the least. Um and you get this feeling, and I really think this could have been delved into a lot more personally. I would have loved to have seen this a lot more. Kind of goes with what I was saying with the X-Borg last week. Like, I would love to see some of the X-Borg stuff. I would have loved to see more of this on just how they got there um, and how far they've had to do this final push. This is the final push. Mm. You know, this is like... We're gonna. Well, it, it, to to quote a, a poker term, they are all in here. They're kind of like it's all or yeah. nothing. It's like we, we're gonna we're gonna have to either assimilate this entire fleet or work on. And I think that that. And I think for me, I would have loved to see more of that. Um, but I find it find it really fascinating the way that they did that in this episode. Yeah, it's do or die, isn't it, for the Borg Queen? Really, and I I love this idea that the. But because um, I think it's either Riker or Worf mentions that the Borg soldiers are, you know, the, the, the necrotic tissue has been cannibalised. Mm. And it's like the Queen 
the only way the Queen has been able to survive is basically by consuming her own Borg soldiers. Mm. And I love this kind of last dying throes to stay alive just long enough until Jack finds her. And I've, I find that kind of self-preservation aspect of the Queen very, very interesting. And, and um, you know, she she basically mirrors herself to Jack in the fact that they've both been lonely mm. uh, and they're both yearning a perfect connection and that's what she's kind of used as this draw for Jack. And I, I find I found all this conversation stuff between uh, <clears throat> Picard and the Queen really, really fascinating and, and this, this the you know, the Queen basically just consuming herself really because, you know, mm. her Borg soldiers are her, they are one. So she's consumed herself in a way to keep to keep alive and she certainly doesn't look great you no. know she's she's kind of she's she looks necrotic she's all wearing away and you know um she hasn't even got a body really she's kind of hanging off the wall and just feeding off the energy so it was difficult because the screen is they've changed the way the screen is work uh behind the scenes a bit of behind the scenes knowledge here and that um my email address was plastered across the, right across the middle of the screen, which doesn't, didn't always happen in the previous nine episodes. There's been times it's been on there and it's been off. And I'm like, I can't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing I missed, because I, because the first time I watched it, um, near the end, where Jack's in Starfleet uniform, I was like, how the hell did that happen so quick? It was only the second time where I peered through your e- big email address and mm. saw the words one year later. I was like, ah, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, I think that threw me, actually. But, um, yeah, so it was kind of like, so there was, there was moments. And for you, it was because it's the voice of Alice Creek. It's obviously not Alice Creek. Was it a mm. CGI character? Was it someone playing? I couldn't really work out. No, that was practical. That was definitely practical. Um, okay. Yeah, it, uh, it for some reason it reminded me of the Alien Queen, the way her arms are flailing around like this and stuff. But she mm. her her whole body can't really move because it's it's attached to the wall or whatever. But no, that was definitely practical effects. That, okay. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't CG. Yeah, so it isn't because it was one of the questions we had, wasn't it? Was Alice Creed going to turn up or was it going to be an actress? You know, and her voice, and that's that's kind of what it was. Yeah, because so, it was just the voice well, of Alice. Creek. I mean, she's not. She's not. I, I mean, I don't know how old oh, how old she is, but I don't think she'd probably appreciate being hung on a wall for god knows how many hours, <laughs> dressed in makeup. Would, I don't think anyone no, would appreciate being hung on a wall for a few hours. It's not <laughs> no. not the best, is it? Um, <laughs> so yeah, let's let's talk about the going onto the ship because I'd say the the the, the Borg ship looked amazing. In honestly, mm. the flybys that that we had from the Enterprise D and and looking at that, I think the 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 tentacles that were coming out of the red spot and you know mm. the aerials and stuff like that and uh, you know now he is Vox effectively uh, is Jack and like I said with the Picard thing, it's can be when he went on the away mission, you know it was basically goodbye to Enterprise D, goodbye to the people there, goes down on on the ship, um, and we see obviously the Riker wharf. Picard stuff and there's a, a really poignant moment isn't it where it's like it's it kind of like becomes this is Picard's end now because it's like I'm no longer a captain I'm a father mm. and it kind of delineates right there and then it's like that's it now yeah that's the you're not going to really get anything from him you're just going to see the emotional aspects of it how did you think that 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 worked for you in in relation to that that the Kind of the inevitableness that they were going to split up at some point, and and it was 
up to Picard and even on the bridge as well with Beverly saying, you've got this so far, it's me on and Picard's acceptance of what Beverly did as well because we had that discussion early in the season, didn't we, with yeah. um, the fact that, you know, it's, uh, they had a really interesting discussion and still will, will be debated for a lot longer than this show will mm. be. Um, but having Picard go, you were right to do what you did, it's now my turn. How did yeah. you feel that went? Yeah, well, what I particularly like about that scene is after he says, you know, I, I'm no longer your captain, I'm your father, there's a really, really poignant moment between him and Riker, and Riker understands because Riker's a father, and there's that moment where it, it's almost unspoken because Picard tries to say something, he he, you know, he breaks down, and Riker just goes, always, and it's that there's an unspoken thing between them, and it's not between, it's not between captain and number one, it's between two fathers, two friends, and I really, really love that moment between them. And I think that's really well delineated, actually. And, yeah, it's it's just a lovely moment and we're not sure whether these two are going to see each other again at this point. I don't think I did, as uh, you know, as I watched the episode. Maybe people would find it more predictable that that happened, but I didn't... You know, I, I knew they were going to split up, but at that point, do you, do you think they're going to see each other again, you know, from that point? So it was... Uh, I thought it was a really well, really well um, produced scene. Yeah, no, I do, and I think um, it's come quite close off the back of some of some personal stuff that's happened in my life recently, mm. um, with uh, a close friend of mine losing somebody, and you know we're not natural talkers, uh, so we're quite stoic ourselves. Yeah, and you know the, the the fact the Riker Picard thing kind of like had a bit of a reflection for me. It was like, oh, you know, I've been in a kind of similar situation recently, so you know, I'm talking like in the last month, so. That kind of probably hit a little mm. bit harder than than I would actually normally expect it to, um, which which was good yeah. in in that way. It kind of was a little bit close to home. I was like ooh, um, but yeah, I didn't think it was it was good. The the Beverly stuff, as I say, she didn't have a lot to do, but it, then it was kind of it is Star Trek Picard at the end of the day, and you know the fact that she, he's gone, I've got to take it from here because he has to. When he gets down to the uh, to the Borg area. He kind of does what Jack does, which I, which I thought was quite good actually, because he kind of goes down and you know with the phaser and stuff like that, which you'd expect him to do. But I wouldn't mm. necessarily say it mirrors exactly what Jack did, but it kind of had that same feeling, and I thought that worked quite well. Um, and then we get the conversation, like you say, with the Borg Queen, uh, with Jack standing there. Jack looked amazing. <laughs> I will say that as a yeah, he as did. A, a, a Borg. wicked. He did look he looked quite good. Um, it's kind of like it was a stone throw. It was, if it was red, it would have been like George Michael's freak Michael uh, video. If you ever seen the George Michael freak <laughs> yeah. video, it would have been, looked maybe a bit more like that. But um, I did, uh, I, I did enjoy that. How before we get into the Picard the cutest stuff, as you say, with the Borg Queen and Picard and that discussion. Um, I know we touched upon the the dilapidation and the cannibalism and the, the eating and things stuff like that, but. That is the culmination of what he, what Picard says early in the episode about thirty five years. This is the culmination of that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's difficult in those moments for an end of season, an end of show, to actually. And it, I always feel that shows do this quite a lot, where you've got to have that talky moment. Um, how do you think that they portrayed it here? Yeah, I thought some of the writing with the Queen was a little bit on the nose, is a little bit kind of um, hyperbolic. But I suppose you know. That's the queen for you, you know. Yeah. She talks in absolutes and and stuff like that. But um, but I liked. She's very passionate though about how she talks, and particularly when 
Picard says something like, you know, you um, you took Jack from me or something, and, and she, like, shouts with a lot of emotion, no, Jack came to me, he came yeah. to me. I'm his um, mother kind of so thing, I'm, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm his, yeah, I'm his mother, and then... Picard goes mental and he goes, "Yeah, my mother!" and shoots that shoots the crap out of her for a bit, but yeah, to no avail. But yeah, no, it's 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 a good kind of uh, opening volley, really, between what they're going to do before, uh, you know, before the Jack and Picard stuff. Him becoming, well, not necessarily becoming Locutus, but actually making that decision to actually end, uh, no, re re do his synth body because you know yeah. this body hasn't been this body hasn't been touched before so um so in getting that and it's a great thing for them to kind of do what they did with data in that, that you can use this, uh, like a almost like a non-region space of like the greens mm. and have it kind of like really atmospheric and you know you it's otherworldly and stuff to actually have that conversation um was a was a good choice it it I'm not quite sure whether or not it completely landed for me. Again, that might be something I'll look back on in a, in a couple of watches time and see how it goes. But um, but from the aspect of having the emotional conversation with Jack, um, you know, that conversation I think worked really well in the way that it, it delivered yeah. what we needed. It's quite an emotional thing. With with that, where where were you when when you when you watched that? Um, in in relation to like the Picard story, I, I'm I'm the same as you. I really like the conversation that they have. I like the um, the the emotion that they both have in it. The greeny thing. I, I'm not sure. I quite it landed for me as well. It was I don't know. It was just uh... it's kind of like playing on the Unimatrix Zero, isn't it? That's kind of what the. It, I always it always comes down to me that it's it's they're run out of budget, so they're going to stick them in a green screen room and just make some fancy kind of abstract lighting you know to kind of go behind it. it 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 works okay because i think you have to it's it's all about that conversation but you know it's all about it's all about picard convincing jack that if he comes out of the collective he will not be alone he's got a father he's got a mother he's got people who love him um i really like the bit where picard talks about you know he talks about he 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 joins Starfleet to find a new family because, you know, as we all know, his family life was incredibly dysfunctional. Yeah. Um, so he's yearning for that connect, that familial connection. So that's why he joined Starfleet. He thought there was something wrong with him because he could, he wouldn't allow himself to have a personal connection with someone and really open up to them. And I like the the line you know you were always a part of me that I never knew I needed yeah and it just you know the, those 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 moments and those lines I think really work well and it, it sold the emotional resonance of it for me yeah that that um, line of like you never know that that line you've just said there because of what we saw in Ten Forward with Jack when he actually went searching for him yeah and it says there that's the only family I've ever needed it's kind of like because he doesn't he's completely oblivious to the fact of what he can actually do um, mm. and, and what he has there. And uh, re-watching that actually was quite a, quite an interesting moment, really, because it was, it was it was strong when I watched it and it was strong it was strong when I watched it again um, mm. on, the, on the full re-watch. You know, that, that is right. You know, the fact that, you know, you've got someone who believes in, in one thing and, and like sort of, you know, 
he's chosen this path. He's had his found family. You think back to all good things where, you know, which we'll have, um, we'll talk about towards the back end of this episode. Mm. In that it repeats the same thing. Um, but the, 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 uh, the fact that in all good things, he's kind of gone, I should have done this a long time ago. You know, he's been yeah. so closed off and, you know, people saying about the retcon and, and things like the, you know, what happened in hide and seek and things like that. Um, I'm not saying it's the perfect fit. It isn't, you know, the, but you've, you've got to take it from a narrative thing. It's a bit of fiction at the end of the day. And I think it kind of really fits the mold. And, you know, I mean, I won't be um, backwards in saying, you know, I do see a lot of Picard in me in, in, in times, you know, at times mm. pers- you know, on a personal level. So, um, you know, I'm very, I can be very close off when I want to be. And, you know, I, I can have that, that mindset and things. So um, the fact that, you know, you look back at stuff and go, actually, could have done that differently, or I didn't realise that's what I really wanted and stuff like mm. that. That's that's understandable. Um, so the all good things thing come, came back to me at that point. And I think it was just really done really effectively. It wasn't over melodramatic either. I didn't have any... Normally I would think in my head in these moments where it can get a bit emotional, I'd be like, yeah. right, well, it, it made me really upset. If, you know, if it made me really upset, I'd be like, oh, okay, you know, it's really hitting me hard here. But then on rewatches, it might be kind of a bit melodramatic. I don't think this will. I think this is kind of maybe just slightly, if anything, underplays it more mm. than, and definitely doesn't overplay it. So I, I think the balance for me personally, and I'll need to rewatch it, is about right, maybe slightly underplayed. How, how do you feel on that spectrum? I would agree, but I think the, under, the, the underplaying of it works really well in the scene because... You've got Jack, you know, once Picard hugs him and, and you know, as so, saying you you changed my life forever, the Queen said, you know, it's up to... it. Only Jack can get him out of where he is. Um, it has to be his choice. If you pull him out of it, you'll kill him. And it's when Jack is, you know, he's remembering... He's remembering all the stuff about Picard and Beverly, um, that nice scene in, in in the 10 forward. So that, you know, that remembrance of connection outside of the collective is what pulls them out. So I think it's a really, really um, well-balanced way of doing it. I will say that the, when, when they get, when they um, arrive back on board the Enterprise D and they come onto the bridge, Jack's already lost his face piece. Do you know how long it took to get those face pieces off Picard? And yet with Jack's just like, it's just been removed like that. I was like, oh, all right then. You can cheat. You can have that cheat. It's 35 mind. years later, they've managed to do it. The technology's moved on. Well, I'm that's true, yeah. I'm happy oh, with mind that. Mind you, the X-Borgs, isn't there? The X-Borgs. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just don't know your Star Trek, Luke. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't belong in this podcast anymore. I don't belong in this podcast anymore. Throw me off the ship. <laughs> yeah, talking about throwing people off the ship or moving people out of the way. I thought the transport and um solution was genius. Yes. Because it was they were yeah. shooting and it was like, oh, where are they where are they transporting to? How are they doing that? They just have a mobile transporter. It's like, no, it was an idea that they've done to move them away, which I thought that was a brilliant yeah. idea. Really um, and I love that I love that bait and switch. I thought that was a great moment. Because yeah. it, it it was like they keep oh they 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 they're almost unstoppable. They just keep transporting away. It's like no, they're not. <laughs> they're they're playing laser quest, laser tag. Yeah. They're doing they're doing what happened. Actually, think about it. They're doing what they did in Insurrection. That's yes. what they did in Insurrection, isn't it? Yeah, they did. Yeah, of course they, they did. They of course did. they did. Yeah, that's that was a callback I wasn't expecting to quote back to. And talking about the Borg, right? So 
there's a concept here that because because obviously it is saying about the the finale that the kind of the final throw of the dice for for the bar queen. Yeah, she talks about like it's not about assimilation now; it's about procreation. It's about recreating it's about, and about annihilating all. So there's like a really different, um, you know, because of everything that's happened. The tune has completely changed. It's kind of like it's because they're talking about evolution. Now they're talking about procreation and all that kind of thing. I found that really yeah. interesting. That the, the kind of just you know because of the circumstances that she's changed that much. Yeah, it's it's. It, I mean, it's almost as if she's gone a bit mad. Um, yeah, I didn't in think a way. Of that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because I think Picard says procreation, and then she says back propagation. Um, you right, know, just yeah. spreading out across the universe and annihilating all weak-willed, um, and only assimilating the the young, and you know, just having that strength. And you know, it's not assimilation anymore; it's it's evolution. So it's, I mean, it's essentially the same, but just using different words, really, isn't it? Um, in a way, but. But instead of basically just um, saying, you know, uh, your technology and your intelligence and your um, flesh will become the Borg, it's basically now if you're weak-willed, we're just going to annihilate you and we're only going to take the strong. So it is. she has changed her tune a bit there. Um, but I think she has kind of lost a few marbles as, as, as well, you know, with a decade of loneliness and eating herself. <laughs> <laughs> just got to love that eating. Yeah. Um Okay, so I don't think is there anything else? Obviously, I'm, I know there's something else. I'm, I'm apart from the final act. Is there anything else that I'm missing? The solution to what happens, um, you know, the fact that you know, eventually, luckily, they managed to um, destroy, like we mentioned, with the Star Wars thing, actually blow up the the uh, the situation, which kind of like stops the communication, um, and just in time because they bought reboarded the ship. Um, is there anything else that jumps out at you from your notes? Only there's a moment where Riker decides to stay on the Borg to find Picard, and I really like the line he says, I owe him a lifetime, at least the least I can give him is a minute. And I just really like that line Yeah, uh, by Riker. You know, he's... Uh, even though his wife is there on, you know, the Enterprise D, he, you know... Picard's had a profound effect on his life, so he doesn't want to leave him behind. So I like that. Yeah, and again, Jonathan Frakes, you know, again, a very much an MVP of the of the season. He's been he, fantastic. He has, he has by far his best work. Um, you know, and just just seeing him, you know, there's a lot of things that happen. He's got the humor. He's got the humility. He's got the devastation. He's got the, you know, he's just got he's just got everything like mm. there. And I, I yeah. just think that. Just an amazing, amazing season for him. Um, I yeah. think unbelievable. And not only that, I was thinking this yesterday. John from Frakes. I mean, and this is not because he liked my tweet the other day. Um, <laughs> John, John from Frakes. Um, but most of the time, when I think my when I look back at my favorite episodes, they're directed by John from Frakes. Mm. They are, and you know, he he just knows Trek inside out. He knows how to film it. Every single episode that he's done, I can't think of a bad episode that he's that he's directed. I can't think of anything the way it's like a, a, anything bad to say about him. No, just... he directed Ford, didn't he? No, in scenario, he did direct Ford, yeah. and that was the reason. My favorite episode. Well, that was the reason 
it wasn't yesterday, it was on Monday because I was re-watching them all and I was just like, how good is no-win scenario? It's just like, the, yeah. it's the best episode of It the is season, the best episode by far. Uh, yeah. Without a doubt. Um, and, you know, watching the ending pops up, directed by Jonathan Frakes. I went, yeah. well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he's, he's a legend of Star Trek and that goes for everything. Star Trek Discovery, the lot, you know, and no doubt, no doubt, if he directs a Strange New Worlds episode, it'll be fascinating and amazing. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah. So I think that, that that absolutely needs to be needs to be said because he's just absolutely incredible. Couple of the, one thing at the top of the hour, we had the opening to Next Generation. Did you spot that at the very beginning? Yes. Yeah, I Where did. Going through the blue like smoke and stuff like that. So yeah. I thought, okay, that's clever. Like that. <laughs> uh, I like that. I was really chuffed with that. Um, and then we head basically into, unless you've got anything else, I think that's pretty much it. There was a whole, like, there's all, like, like we we tend to do. We don't go into, like, full like, yeah. forensic detail. Because the things like the finding the brain waves and, you know, when Beverly's trying to find Jack and all that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, there's a lot of technobabble so, stuff, which was, uh, which you know, it was fun. Like, what was it? Um, electropathic uh, signature, which is how they find Jack and stuff like that. You've written that, that so. down. You must have written that down. Luke, there's no way that you remembered that. I remembered electropathic signature. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Honest. Oh, okay, fair enough. Back to the Fleet Museum. We end up back yes. at the Fleet Museum. Yeah, one year later. One year later. Um, now, it was a really nice touch with the... Because Mar- I mentioned Marjo Barrett last week. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, Riker says, you know, that I'm going to miss that voice. Oh, yeah, I miss that voice, yeah. <laughs> and it was a nice, it was a nice closing touch with turning the lights off and you know walking out and Jordy looking after mm. it. Um, yeah, I thought that was that was really nice. I think in my um, rewatch as well, I'd said that that you look at Shaw and Shaw's really really clean. He talks about how clean things are, and then in either this episode or the episode last week, you've got Picard wiping his finger across the the actual um, Elkar yes, display. That's and I thought, right. Actually, that's a, that's a nice little connection there because Johnny's mm. obviously looking after it. Um, so one year later, as I say, or my email address later, um, <laughs> um, you've got then Picard, Beverly and Jack. And just before we go into that, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Picard has, does, has no affection for Laris whatsoever, apparently. No. <laughs> We don't have any mention of her. We don't have anything at all. It's my biggest gripe in the entire episode is that we did not get the closure with Laris. After all that bloody stuff about, you know, we'll meet each other at the cafe at the end of the universe and have a thingy and sunset. And I was like, I want that moment. Yeah. It only has to be a flipping shot. It doesn't have to be any dialogue, yeah. just a shot of them doing it. But no, Terry Metalis didn't even do that, and I'm very annoyed with him. It's like I said at the beginning of the the season, like, and I think I said it last week, and I even tw- I tweeted about it as well. The fact that you know, if Picard was to go, which obviously he doesn't, um, having Laris sitting there with a cup of coffee. Um, you know, I think I've seen TV shows do that before. There's bound to be something we've watched together mm. where we've seen this, where you've got what an empty seat with somebody sitting, yeah. you know, somebody sitting, kind of going, you know, yeah, it's a sad moment or it's a really melancholic moment. Um, or seeing both together, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, we get like the end of season one, I suppose, don't we, with when Picard dies with Seven and the Butterflies and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But it was just like, 
not even name checked. You know, it's just like, okay, we've got, we seem to have happy families with Beverly, Jean-Luc, and it will drive people mad. It will drive people mad because it's like, are Beverly and Picard together? Are Beverly yeah. and Maris together? What's going on? You know what I mean? It'll be like, it kind of like that. I quite like that in some ways. Mm. I'd actually, in some ways, I quite like it. But from a story narrative point, you've said, come and find me at the end of the universe when, when this is all over. We've had a full year. It's not like it's finished and we can imagine, yeah. all right, he's gone off in the sunset. It's kind of like, we've had a full year and now we've got this epilogue. So what's happened between that year mm. and nothing? And I'm just, and I'm a little bit, I mean, obviously we're fans of all of Brady. So yeah. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't help matters. Um, but the fact that it's like, it's a bit of a kick in the teeth. And I know, again, goes back to what I said last week with, you know, getting, not having the, the crowded, like, conference room and all that stuff, all that jazz. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, it feels a little bit off to me because that was a, that was a story element I would have liked to have seen closure with. Don't, don't say about that. The thing is, if they never said about meeting in that bar, mm-hmm. which has a wonderful sunset, Come and see me when you finish. If they didn't have those in, if they just went, we, we all born into the people that we were meant to be, like she says. Yeah. You need to go and do this. Yeah. And then cut. Leave, Done. Leave yeah. that. Yeah. Why add that line if you're not going to finish it off? Uh, yeah. It really right annoyed me. <laughs> <Put> my... <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, that was, I was disappointed. I was looking forward to that and it didn't happen. So we've got Jack going backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. You know, he's really nervous. Yeah. And mm, I think on paper it works. I don't think it quite worked the way it should have. I think Patrick Stewart does the best to sell it and he he actually does a really good job of it. Yeah. And I don't think that, I don't think that Ed Spieler's quite gets this right. And it's it's only a small thing. It's not the end. It's not it's not the end of the world, as I keep saying. But it's um, when he says, oh, "I'm not nervous for me," and the, and we get the reveal. We get the reveal of the Enterprise G, which is a remodeled Titan. Mm. So there's a couple of things here. We we've both said we're not pawn ship pawn people. Um, I don't know that's what she said, but um, the the. The two of them throwing him being nervous and actually being nervous for his father was quite. I can see what they're trying to do. I'm not yeah. quite sure. It, I'm not quite sure it lands. I think it's a perfectly acceptable scene. I don't think it's a bad scene. Um, I just don't think. I don't think it quite lands the way it does. I think Patrick Stewart sells it. That's that's probably where I'm with it. With it, and then the change of the Enterprise G. So, what do you think of the shuttle? What do you think of the Enterprise G? Uh, I'm like you. The shuttle scene is it's it's okay. It's. Um... I'm not a fan of, you know, him pacing around and Patrick Stewart, sorry, uh, Sean Lee going, I was the same when I was getting my first post. It's like, I was like, oh, that, it's a bit corny for me, that. So I wasn't a massive fan of that. But I do like the fact that he's nervous because, you know, he's going, you know, his, his first posting is on the new Enterprise, uh, which is basically the Titan with a slap of paint. Really, um, yeah, but uh, but I do like that moment, and I like the kind of like names are everything uh, moment as well. So it, it would, yeah, it was fine. And then, yeah, I think Spieler is 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 okay in the shuttle scene, and then brilliant when he walks onto the bridge of the of, of the ship. Yeah, 
Yeah, and you know, I think again, going back to, to acting chops, I don't think Spieler's put much wrong. No, he I, hasn't. I think he's been fantastic all the way through. Yeah, um, he's been great. And it wasn't a bad scene. I, I, I just, it, I don't know if it needed maybe a better score. Maybe it, maybe it needed something else. Maybe it just needed a little like flurry or something. Mm. Uh, I'm not quite sure. It just didn't quite land the way I would have liked it to land. Yeah. Um, but I don't, as I say, I don't think it's a bad, a bad thing. Um, and then on that ship, when you talk, when we say about seven, we get like it's a pirate, it's a you know all that kind of thing works quite well. Yeah. Because that sets up the Star Trek legacy, as we've discussed. Um, you know, and and it is quite an interesting dynamic having three of them on that on that bridge. I noticed as well that the Doctor from earlier was on the bridge as well. Yeah. Uh, she was on there, so so maybe we maybe we get to see her again. I know she's active on Twitter. I've seen her tweet quite a few things out before, you know. And it's good to see the the crew. Um, you know, we're going to get like probably Mura more and yeah. you know all the other characters, Sydney. which Sydney, you know. So it's it's uh, it's good, but we don't get a sign off from Seven. <laughs> I was going, I was going right. Okay, so you know, this is a Star Trek Picard podcast. Star Trek Picard is finishing. So we might need to look at a new name. I was thinking, please say something. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's 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 a hint. If there ever was one that uh, you know, it's, that's Metalla saying, "Stay tuned," because you will hear it, but not quite yet. What do we think it could be? I don't know. <laughs> Anything. That isn't let's fly because I really don't like that one. <laughs> no, I, th- I think I think it'd be more snarky. Wouldn't yeah. it? Seven's quite like like early seven. I'm trying to think of the what's that one where it's where there's the meme of seven. It kind of goes like um, your attendance is not optional or something like yeah. that. I can imagine it being something like yeah. that. You know, it's. Uh, you know, something really snappy and really, really good. I think. Are we going like or what? So, <laughs> yeah. Like that. <laughs> it's just, it's, yeah, something snarky. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, you know, as I say, you know, we we might get some interesting developments over the next few weeks. Yeah. We might get nothing. Um, it just seems too pointed. And and I know I keep going back to X Files because obviously X Files is, is is high on my agenda, but. You know, Chris Carter would often do like end of seasons, and doesn't matter if he's going to get a new season or not. Yeah, Terry Metalis is kind of doing the same here, but I just can't see them. I I, I know the the he's the one that kind of put the Star Trek legacy um, tag together. Mm. There's clearly like a, a will willingness to do it. He's written a story which has it available. Yeah, and has the characters there. They've been going about like sort of people got to watch it because otherwise, you know, you're going to get, you know, we need people to watch this and rewatch it and get the audience numbers up there. It's now hit the top 10 of streamers and it's the first Star Trek show to do it. Mm, that's it. That's um, really that was, interesting. Yeah. And that was no win scenario when that date was taken. So it'll only have gone up from no win scenario, I would have thought. Yeah. So I think it was like 310 million minutes or something that's that's got streamed so for me all the signs are they're just waiting for the sign off mm. that, that is that is kind of where i'm feeling with it but um we do want to talk about this final scene for me really loved it feels like the actors is the best way i can describe 100%. it 100 i was i was gonna say i mean the scripted bit when they're all at the bar is obviously the characters, and I, I I like Picard's speech with the tides and and you know going with the uh, kind of 
um, tides and stuff, and Riker saying it was it was it was a joy to ride with you. That all feels like the characters to me. The second they're at the poker table, and you've got them all laughing. I mean, you've even got Worf with a smile. He's like, ah, no, that, that's not Worf. That's that's you know that's the, the Michael the, Dawn. Yeah. yeah, that's the, that's Michael Dawn. And you've got the music going over, so you don't actually hear, you don't actually hear the dialogue. It's just the camera circling. That that is that is the actors as friends having a laugh around the table rather than the characters. But I, I love that they did that. So. Yeah, great. I think because we've seen so many pictures um, being put on like sort of Twitter over the years. I'm not just saying recently mm. over the years where they've gone out for meals together and yeah. you've got like that thing that naturally um, kind of like digests in your system to actually, you know, when you see something like this, it's like, well, that's like what we've seen like in general. Um Absolutely no qualms with it whatsoever. No. You know, it's not me saying, no, look at this, it looks like the actors. It's <laughs> like, no, it's fine. Um, as I say, the, the all good things illusions that the, you know, the, the fact that it's Picard that's actually the one that does it. Yeah. I thought it was nice touch. You know, I said, come on, you know, we're going to we're gonna bring everyone to the table, which I thought was really nice. Um, like you say, the Picard, uh, Data doing his joke again. <laughs> was a woman from Vic. Data! <laughs> yeah, I loved it. <laughs> oh, it was fantastic. Um, yeah, and I, I, it's just, it, it was the right thing to do. Um, it makes sense for them to be at, around a table. Uh, the camera work was just the usual kind of going round the table, just keep keep circling. Mm. Um, and then we get the credits, and the credits obviously do that slow whole movement around and, and stuff like that. And I thought that yeah. that was... Uh, you know, the right thing to do. And I think thinking back to um, season seven, when I first watched All Good Things, it was a bit like heart-wrenching. It's like, I should have done this a long time ago. That has more of an emotional impact. You talk about like end of seasons. I think New Trek is definitely, it's the probably the best end of end of season. Mm. Not maybe the best episode, but like you say, the best ending. The emotional impact of All Good Things, I think, is better. Yeah. Because it's like a lifetime of like, you feel like that emotion, like what Picard's going through now of like, oh, I could, why didn't I do this three seasons ago? No, it's like, and you feel for him that way. This is kind of like, a, we're happy. Mm. It, it's kind of like, yeah, okay, we can leave these characters here. Um, and then I'm talking about potentially, you've got all the characters that can easily come back, mm. you know, and, you know, it is the end of Star Trek Picard. There's no not going to be another Star Trek Picard. That's not to say you can't have Picard turn up that's not to say kind of Worf or Geordie yeah. turn up on occasion, you know what I mean? So, and uh, I know not about looking back, but you can still use, you can still utilize them, um, especially like so Sydney being there, you know, like you yeah. utilizing Geordie on occasion, you know, with his, with the dad and stuff. Um, I think that that would that would work absolutely fine. As long as they follow the uh, the the rule of thumb of Worf, which is used sparingly, then that's fine because you have more of an impact if they just come on. You know, for for one episode out of, you know, how many? So I think, yeah, you sparingly, and uh, and I'd be quite happy to see a guest star of of one of these guys again, most certainly. Yeah, because it feels it feels like it's in the universe, but as you say, maybe just a one shot. You know, like you know, mm. Sydney does go back to see Georgie for an episode, and or you know, even if it's a case of a bit like, um, not necessarily like the Star Trek with Nimoy, but that kind of thing, a bit bit more. Um, involved in what Nemo yeah. was for say into darkness, but actually, you know, maybe a little bit more in the ilk of the first 2009 Star Trek, something like that would be good. And as I say, 
the the wharf the wharf thing. Um, it's just like I don't think he, that that that's lightning in a bottle. I don't think he can get that again. I, I really honestly don't think that we'll get something like that ever again. I do think that that this, this season of wharf is the season of wharf that I want to see. And I'm like you say, I am happy. That is me done. Yeah, happy with that. One hundred percent. Yeah, I'm 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 really happy with with really happy with Wharf and Riker. I think their use throughout this season has just been top notch, been brilliant. Yeah, definitely. So that is the end. It is. Of Star Trek Picard. I thought I'd be more emotional on this, but I'm I'm actually quite I'm quite like um invigorated I'm, I think is the word I'm happy because they didn't drop the ball on the finale like they have the last two times so I'm really happy that they stick the landing with a with a with a really really good fun and I think quite strong finale I think everything's yeah. been closed off well without rushing it they gave you know they gave the last 20 minutes of the episode that that emotional ending and I think they needed to do that rather than rush it all like they usually do yeah um and as I say, talking about it from the beginning of the episode, knowing that I've not fully passed it, I I would agree. I don't think I have any major qualms. I'm ready to move forward. I'm ready to, I'm ready to move forward to uh, New Trek now and uh, some new stories with some new characters because we've said goodbye to the old ones now. Yeah, so as I've said a couple of times over this podcast, this is not the end of this podcast. Make it so will continue. We will be getting in more detail about what's happening with Make It So next week so please by all means come back to us and uh, we'll give you some further information there um luke it's been a pleasure talking to you for season three we are in a much better position than what we were last year um hopefully people will have enjoyed us this time rather than some of the comments that we get if you have enjoyed (laughs) us we do want to say thank you for everyone who's been listening to us over this over the the entire three seasons as well thank you for, for sticking with us uh, we've been we've been um, humbled by the amount of people that have, that have come and listened to us week in week out. Um, you know we we do not take you for granted. Um, in that case as well, if you do have any uh, podcast catchers that do have ratings, please feel free to jump in, give us a five star review. It helps us get noticed as well. As I say, this is not the end of our podcast. We will be here next week with some great announcements. And but until next time. For the final time, for Star Trek Picard, Luke, you need to be setting a course somewhere nice. I need to go somewhere nice and have a chill. So somewhere like Riser or something like that, if you could do your choice. Well, we could go to Riser. I was trying to think what Riker was saying, because he was talking about, um, I think it was some planet that sounded really, really lovely, and then Boston or something. Oh, Orlando. Yeah, Orlando. It was Orlando. Yeah, Orlando. <laughs> so let's go to Orlando. Set a course for Orlando. <laughs> Or, or we could just set a course like we will be in August for Birmingham. Yeah, for Birmingham. Set a course for Birmingham. <laughs> and then we'll have a drink. We'll yeah. have a drink together. Luke, I'm going to let you take us out. Yeah, oh, thank you very much. And engage. Three rings for the elven kings under the sky. Seven for the dwarf lords in their halls of stone. Nine for mortal men doomed to die. One for the dark lord on his dark throne in the land of Mordor where the shadows lie welcome to One Rules Them All a Lord of the Rings podcast on the We Made This podcast network myself Luke Winch and my co-host Baz Greenland will be exploring the new Amazon Prime series The Rings of Power 
Week by week, we should be analysing each episode with a foray of guests. We have also been revisiting the Peter Jackson films and looking at them from a new perspective. So join us every week as we discuss the world of Tolkien and the rings of power. One podcast to rule them all. One podcast to find them. One podcast to bring them all. And on the We Made This Network, bind them. (laughs) 